From the Islamic Institute of Toronto, this is Mamun Hassan and you are listening to Friday Decoded. The verse that I've selected for you is verse number 110 of chapter number 3. It sounds like this and when you hear it, I am certain that many, if not most of you, you've heard this verse before. Because speakers and khatibs, they love to use this particular verse when they talk about the blessing of being part of this ummah. Our khatib for today was Sheikh Muslih Khan. He is the Imam Khatib and a senior lecturer at the Islamic Institute of Toronto. Sheikh Muslih, what was your khutbah about today? So today's khutbah was about verse number 110 in Surah Ali Imran. And the, the title, I guess, was, so are we really the best of nations? And I chose this particular topic because, uh, for, for one, this is the subject we were talking about in, in, in my class. So it's been on my mind for a little while. And I also felt like we need to really understand what is it that makes us the best of nations? What is it, what are the expectations that Allah has of us? And what is our perception that when we hear we're the best of nations, what does that mean to you and I? What are we supposed to do or not do? So I wanted to address uh, some of those points today. This is the verse of the Quran that Allah Azza wa Jal reminds you and I that we are a blessed nation. Some translations say, we are the chosen nation. Normally you would hear Muslims talk about this verse when they sit and reflect on all of the problems and struggles that are happening within this ummah. And they'll say things like, you know, we're supposed to be the best of nations. We're supposed to be the chosen ummah of Allah so there's a couple of things. Uh, what, what's amazing to me is that this ayah belongs in a surah that was given to the Prophet ﷺ almost 13 years after Islam was born. So for Allah to say something like this, that you all, kuntum khair, you all are the chosen and the best of nations that I've selected to serve mankind. I thought that was very interesting, which meant that, which immediately told me that a lot has happened for them to now reach to a particular point in their lives that they were deserving of this title or deserving of this prestige honor. So I wanted to highlight that it's not just about rituals now. There was something deeper than that. And the ayah itself actually talks about it, you know, in three different areas or three different degrees, if you want to call it mm -hmm. that. So those three are mentioned in the verse which is often translated as just command good. But we all know that that's not exactly, it doesn't really capture a full picture. Commanding good also entails just encouraging people to be the best, not just Muslims, but the best people for their culture, society, and so on. Mm -hmm. And the second was the complete opposite and also to forbid evil. So wherever you see that something is not right, whether it's racism at work or hatred, you got to speak out or at least say something. Don't tolerate those things. And uh, then the third was in that, throughout all of that process to have faith in Allah. 
And I just thought that that was really amazing that there's no mention of prayer, salah, hajj, none of those things, that those things actually happened earlier. So the Muslims at that time already had done those things. The word that is used is ukhrijat. For those of you who know Arabic, or even study a little bit of Arabic, ukhrijat is not the same as kharajat. If you say kharajat, it means you were part of this movement. You happen to fall in place, and this ummah is here, it's the chosen ummah, and you're just kind of going with the flow. Ukhrijat, there's something about you that Allah selected you to be here. You see the difference? So we all who are blessed to call ourselves Muslims and believers of Allah we were actually honored and blessed to be selected, handpicked by Allah Now ask yourself, how does that make you feel? How do you feel about that? For some, it's an honor. Maybe for others, it's a little bit different. Maybe for some, I don't deserve that. I think we're still in a time where Muslims are really focused and branded into the rituals of Islam. But when it comes to standing up for social justice, when it comes to you know giving back to the broader community, when it comes to just simply looking out for people and not just your own fellow Muslim, I still think that uh, we have quite a bit of work to do in that in that area. So that's why I felt that this topic was really important as long as it was presented in a way that whether you were a practicing Muslim or not, you could still feel you had a responsibility to this ummah and you can contribute. And these were the three ways that you could start, start that. He says that you were chosen for people, not from people. That immediately tells you and I that our first clue why we became the chosen nation is because we served people. It didn't even say, Ukhrijat lil muslimin. It didn't say you were selected to serve Muslims. So, what does this really mean? Our Messenger, والسلام, his whole life explained it. He helped people. Our idea of commanding good and teaching others to do good has always been, you know, you become like the haram police or the halal police and you just kind of tell people. So telling people what is right and wrong, yeah, that's just a small part of a bigger picture. So we've been in that tiny part of the picture for, for so long that uh, we have passed the time where we have to look beyond that as well. That there is more to our commitment with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala than just worshipping Him in rituals. But serving a community, giving back, again, standing up for justice, standing up against hate in all forms, even standing up for your neighbor, looking out for people in your neighborhood and in your community. Like all of that is also part of the journey. That's why... 
I think that, you know, you, you're absolutely right. For a long time, you know, m Muslims would look at verses like this and feel a sense of pride. And they'll kind of feel like, yeah, I'm good. I'm already Muslim. Everybody else, they're all messed up. And we just have to break out of that m mind frame and really look at all of us are collect collectively here with one goal in mind, inshallah. <laughs> The rest of the verse is crucial. This is how you get a complete picture of what makes us so special. Number one, We have this ability, this gift that Allah blessed this ummah. And He says you have the ability to command, teach, encourage, inspire good. Listen to it again. When we hear when you look at translations, it's normally translated as command good. That's just one level of al-amru bil-ma'ruf. It has different levels or different degrees depending on how you use this word al-amr, to command. Al-amr also means to just inspire and encourage. There's also a sense of self-righteousness that comes within that verse mm -hmm. for, for people who, when they actually read this ayah. I want you to talk to me a little bit about how we can comprehend this ayah from a perspective that's, um, that, that shows you that you still, I mean, it's, we are blessed to be Muslims, but at the same time, it's almost a responsibility upon us to be Muslims. So that's how actually the verse ends or at least these three steps that Allah gives us to, to achieve and, and to be part of the best of nations, the third one he actually mentions is, is all about faith and iman. So once you have that, you should and never let go of it. But the, the point that I wanted to really capture um, in, in this is was the core message that no matter how righteous you were or you feel you are, and uh, that alone fluctuates. You have your good days, you have your bad days, you have your strong days when it comes to faith and weak ones. That this is the one thing that should always be stable, which is you being a good person. And I always use the example of how our Prophet ﷺ started off his prophethood. You know, it took about 40 years for Allah to give him Qur'an. He could have given it to him when he was like 25 or in his younger days, but no. So what was the Prophet doing all this time? He was just known to be the trustworthy, kind, generous man, hardworking, etc. So I just want to be able to really bring that as part of this verse and to capture those lessons along with all of the rituals and, and the other things that we are doing, that this is also a big part of this picture. This has been Friday Decoded from the Islamic City of Toronto. Our podcast is produced by the IIT media team. That is Tahmeed Shadman, Muhammad Yaseen, Hussam Al-Akbari, and yours truly. Our audio track includes no music instruments and produced by the talented Elias Mao. Check him out at IliasMao.com. If you liked our podcast, please email, like, share, and rate us. We love to hear from you. Our email address is media at islam.ca. My name is Mamun Hassan, and assalamu alaikum.